Hey, what's going on, crypto family? So today we've got an awesome interview with the one and only Lou Kerner. So I met Lou about a year ago. Well, technically I didn't meet him. We spoke on the phone. I was actually introduced to him from a buddy, um, a mutual buddy actually, right? So it's probably been, like I said, close to a year and uh, I've been following his work and thought he'd be great to bring on the channel and introduce him to the crypto family here, right? So, you know, a lot of you maybe already know who he is. You know, Lou's incredibly successful. He's like a venture capitalist, an angel investor, economist. He advises a whole bunch of different crypto projects. Uh, he's also an awesome writer on Medium. He's, uh, I think he's a, he's a creator of Crypto Mondays, the creator of like the Crypto Oracle Fund, the Crypto Commons. Uh, Lou is just one impressive dude. You know, in this interview, we keep it super casual. You know, it's we really just kind of speak to the state of the market, you know, where he feels that it's going, you know, what he thinks it's going to be successful in the future, and a bunch of other common questions people have as to, you know, what's going on in the space in general. So we don't dive too deep, but it's a great time. You know, I had a really good time, you know, speaking with him and hearing his thoughts on things and picking his brain a little bit. I hope you all enjoy it as well. And don't forget too, that we give away a hundred bucks on every single one of these episodes. So make sure you stick around to the end and figure out how. So without further rambling, I give you the one and only Lou Kerner. What is going on crypto family? So today we got the one and only Lou Kerner with us, man. Really appreciate you coming on. It's awesome to actually see you in person. I think we've met by phone almost a year ago. We had some mutual friends in, in Israel link us up. And so it's, uh, it's great to get you on here, man. Thanks a bunch. Great to be on, Robert. Cool, man. So you're uh, you're in New York right now. You showed me a nice view of the city back there. That's uh, pretty impressive. Looks like, uh, yeah, that's that's one way to enjoy your coffee, right? Just kind of looking down on everybody. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's uh, you know, it's amazing some of the views you can have in New York. And what's fun? I've I've lived in New York uh, uh, since '94. Uh, I used to be on Wall Street, and then I got into tech, and it, you know, it, it, I always felt it was a, a third tier tech city. Um, but now for the first time with crypto, uh, I really feel like New York is actually the crypto capital of the world. So it's great to be in the crypto and be living in New York. Yeah, it seems like you got a lot of stuff going there. Like we just saw JP Morgan with their JPM coin, right? So it's like crypto is bad. Crypto is a bubble. Crypto is garbage. You know, it's a scam. Oh, by the way, here's our coin. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do, right? Exactly. Yep. That's how it is in life, man. Pay no attention to the words. Look at the actions. <laughs> he was the same cat telling everybody Bitcoin's a garbage, a scam, while he's quietly buying everything that he can. And, you know, in the background, having all his people buy it up. I'm pretty sure in stocks, you'd go to jail for that. But uh, I guess in crypto, you're okay, huh? <laughs> yeah, look, you know, they, uh, you know they, they've got big fortunes to protect. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. And, yep. Cool, man. So you're, you're um, in New York right now, but where are you originally from? Uh, originally born and raised in LA, and it's great. I still get to go to LA. They've got a big crypto scene going on there with DNA and, and lots of other great companies. Cool. You're going to be out there for the uh, Crypto Invest Summit. Uh, it's always a great one that Joseph and uh, that Joseph puts on over there. Uh, Alon and Joseph. Yeah. Um, they actually, uh, uh, we Crypto Oracle actually partnered with them on the Crypto Invest Summit uh, on the last one in October, and we programmed a security token track uh, for them, and it was such a success that they're now having a whole uh, a conference on security tokens ahead of the Crypto Invest Summit. So we'll be out for both of those. Excellent. Then I'll see you in person. Yeah. So we're actually one of the media partners for them. So great dudes, man. They always, it's one of my favorite conferences that in uh, consensus, consensus, you know, it's got its issues or whatever, but I really do enjoy uh, Crypto Invest Summit. And so, the, yeah, that security token summit right before, it's going to be awesome. Like three, four days of just, of just crypto. So pretty cool. Exactly. And they're great. Uh, I mean, they had over 6,000 people at the conference in Los Angeles in October, so they know how to get the crowd in, which is great for the industry. 
Yep. And for people that want tickets, hit me up in the comments below. I'll pick some random people and, and give out some tickets for it. So <laughs> awesome, man. So you got any kids? You know, I, I know that uh, you're there in New York, but uh, what's what's family life look like for you? Yeah, I got 15, 17 and 20 year old boys that uh, unfortunately, uh, the closest they get to crypto is uh, they're all into the latest GPUs for their gaming. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you had 15 kids. I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> 15, 17, and 20, right on, man. But uh, hey, well, if they're into GPUs, maybe they're actually maybe mining some crypto, right? So, you know, just have them, have them do a couple little things on the side in between gaming, right? Generate some income. <laughs> I'm trying to get them into it, but so far, no success. <laughs> All good. Right on, man. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, for people, you know, a lot of people know who you are, you know, super impressive, dude. Love to, you know, honored to have you on here. We could talk about, you know, all your different accolades, you know, your VC investor, economist, advisor, you know, you're also a great author. You know, I've been, I've been reading your articles on, on Medium. You know, I really enjoyed the last one that you had that was, uh, I think it was, was it like crypto winter has nothing on uh, FAMGA? That was actually pretty good because everybody, you know, loves to talk about how crypto is a bubble, but then you just kind of liken it to like, hey, look, look at the stocks, right? They're down like $1.4 trillion, just these ones. <laughs> so people, you know, that freak out about crypto, they're like, hey, you know, have you looked at the stock markets? It was pretty cool, the analysis you did right there. And for people that uh, want some really cool, uh, you know, reading, you should definitely check out uh, Lou's uh, posts if you guys aren't. Cool. I, I appreciate that. You know, my, my first career in the '90s, I was an equity analyst on Wall Street. And when I started that job, one of the one of the things that freaked me out was I, I realized that while I'd been well educated, I had never been taught how to write. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it took me a few years as an analyst to, to feel I was okay at it. And now it's a great talent to have because you can self-publish on uh, platforms like Medium and reach a huge audience. Um, you know, to, to publish uh, uh, thoughtful stuff. And, uh, uh, and it's been a great way to, to grow the brand. And it's awesome, man. So like, who's been kind of like the biggest influence in your life so far? I mean, you've done a, a ton, you're doing a ton of stuff, you know, super impressive guy. I mean, who kind of like molded you into the guy you are today or, you know, maybe, you know, somebody that you, you really looked up to, you know, that kind of helped direct your life. You know, I, I think, you know, all, all, all of us, uh, you know, uh, had success. We've probably been fortunate to have lots of other folks who, who have helped us along the way. I'd probably say that the guy that's probably had the largest impact on me is Bill Gross from Idealab. You, you know Bill? Yeah, I've heard the name, but no, I don't know him. You know Bill started the original internet incubator uh, in Pasadena uh, in 1994. By the time I joined, uh, my company was the 55th company in the Idealab incubator. Uh, I joined in January of 2000. In February, they raised a billion cash at a $10 billion valuation. I did with Talk about crazy times. <laughs> um, in 94? Wow. 2000, this was oh, 2000. They raised a billion at it. He had started it in 94 and, and, you know, an amazingly brilliant guy. Uh, he started eight unicorns. He came up with, I think, what is the, the, the greatest business idea in the history of mankind was his idea. And he got laughed at for it, but uh, he proved right and that was paid search. So Google laughed at him when he started his company Overture. Then they copied it, executed better than him. But he still sold out to Yahoo for, I think, $1.6 So just a brilliant, brilliant guy and, and an entrepreneur. He started more than 200 companies. He recently did a TED Talk. That was an awesome TED Talk on a data analysis of the more than 200 companies that he started. And, um, you know, he said he called the company Idealec because at first he thought it was all about the ideas. After a few years, he thought it was all about management. And then he ran the numbers, and it turns out, you know, with the dominant 
factor driving success of startups is, according to his analysis. The startup success, what, what is it? No, no, the dominant factor determining startup success. It's not the idea and it's not management. Turns out it's money. Oh, timing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Timing, yeah, for sure. You can always be too early or too late. Yeah, I suggest everybody follow him on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. He's a really great guy. Yeah. thing at Idealab coming up with great companies. That's awesome, man. So, that damn Google. So, you know, not only did they, uh, you know, steal our data, but they stole the whole idea from from Bill, huh? Stealing our data. I think we gave them their data. We weren't really aware of everything they were going to do with it. It, they used to say, do no evil. Where'd that go? <laughs> you see right there in their mission statement. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the stuff that you do. So, you know, maybe uh, the Crypto Oracle Fund, you know, and talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, uh, so we started the fund uh, uh, in uh, January of 2000. And, you know, we're investing in the companies, you know, that are really kind of the building blocks, the picks, doubles of, of the crypto ecosystem. So, you know, things like, um, uh, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the base layer uh, protocols, um, like Hashgraph, you know, was, uh, you know, was our first investment. And we also spend a lot of our time, you know, trying to help solve what we think are some of the biggest problems uh, uh, that we have to address around token economics, around governance and consensus. Dow Stack uh, uh, is another great company that we're involved with. Um, so, you know, the idea with the fund is, you know, really to invest in companies that are, that are going to be building the tools that everybody else needs. You know, we're at the very beginning of this to, to, to build out uh, uh, the crypto ecosystem and the infrastructure. And we're re- really focused, the, you know, uh, uh, the, a lot of our time is on the community aspect. We really think the biggest difference between crypto and everything that came before it is, uh, is community. And so we have 12 different community initiatives. Uh, the one that's uh, the first one and uh, the one that's been most successful to date being uh, Crypto Mondays. So you just, you just had the 50th there in Tokyo, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. We started the first Crypto Monday meetup uh, in New York on January 8th. So we just had a one year anniversary uh, uh, last month. And uh, last week, uh, I had the pleasure of being in Tokyo for the launch of the 50th Crypto Monday in, uh, in Tokyo. Uh, which is a great place to be, obviously, you know, in a lot of ways, the, the whole crypto thing started uh, uh, in Tokyo. So they've got a great ecosystem, and uh, I think it's going to be a great Crypto Monday uh, chapter there. Yeah, they even got Roger Ver there. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. He, he wasn't able to make it to the meetup, yeah. but hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he'll, uh, you know, he'll attend eventually. Uh, looking forward to going to Crypto Monday Shanghai uh, uh, later this month. Awesome. So what is it you guys actually cover at these Crypto Mondays for people that want to show up? Sure. So Crypto Mondays is a decentralized community. When we started Crypto Oracle, we believe in decentralized communities, both uh, online and offline. So the idea is, is you know, we really think that uh, getting people together just to talk about crypto um, is great for the community. So uh, uh, in New York, we do it weekly. And most weeks, we don't even have speakers. It's just a place for people to, you know, who are passionate about crypto to come and, and yap about what they're working on and meet other people who are passionate at them. Um, the most successful, though, Crypto Mondays uh, generally meet monthly and they generally have speakers um, and, you know, and it's going strong in, in uh, lots of cities. Yeah, I think the, 
you know, some of the best ones, uh, Crypto Monday Paris is awesome. Shanghai is awesome. San Francisco is great. Tel Aviv, Puerto Rico. So, you know, we go on and on. There's really a lot of, of great ones going on. And, and we uh, hope to get past 100 uh, uh, in 2019. Sounds like you're on track. That's cool. So for people that want to find out where the next one's at, is there a place for them to go and, and check out where, where the next one is? If you just put in Crypto Monday on Meetup, you'll you know, get the, the closest one to you. And, you know, most importantly, if you're in a city that doesn't have a Crypto Monday, think about starting one up yourself. You know, the, the token economics uh, is, you know, for the people who are doing great Crypto Mondays, they you know, quickly become, you know, kind of thought leaders in the crypto community that they live in. Hmm, very cool. You had mentioned a couple of the projects that you'd invested in. You said Dowstack and Hedera. So I'm sure you've invested in, in far more than that. Like what's, what's been like your biggest success and your biggest loss? Because everybody right now is just seeing red across the, you know, across the board, right? And I personally think, you know, 99 to 95% of them are going to go the way of the dodo. So, you know, maybe, maybe talk about some of your successes and failures. Sure. Well, um, the majority of what we're doing is in equity, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's what we've done. So, um, yeah, in, in terms of successes and failures, uh, I would, I guess not that we, I, I don't think we haven't had any go out of business yet. I'm certainly, you know, uh, uh, some will, and, and we haven't monetized any, I've been a VC for seven years. And, uh, you know, what I've learned is, is because the company's had an up round and even a, an incredibly significant up round, it's really meaningless until you monetize it as far as the returns to the investors, the investors, might get excited uh, about you know very very significant up rounds, uh, but you know until you monetize your investment, you're not a winner in my opinion. Gotcha. And so you haven't monetized any of them, huh? Correct. So you know, and you know, we're raising a second fund and putting more money to work. You know, we're at the very obviously very very beginning of what we believe is going to be the you know the, the most uh, wealth creating thing in the history of mankind. And, you know, every new thing is the most wealth creating because it's built on top of everything else. And so if you take a look at the market cap today, you know, not even, you know, around 120 billion, right? I mean, that's, you know, it, it, you know, when it's trillions and trillions and trillions, you know, then we can really start to talk about winners and losers and such. But today, we really, the way we look at it to a large degree, it hasn't started yet. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think uh, this is the beginning of the beginning, like they say, right? So <laughs> this is, we got a, we got a long way to go for sure. But uh Cool. So then um, as far as, um, you know, what you guys invest in, you know, what, what's some of the criteria you guys look for, um, you know, when you're making, you know, when you're basically, you know, finding a project you want to back? Sure. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's important to recognize that no VCs went to VC school. And I think we all do what we do for very random reasons. Um, uh, before I became a VC, I actually became a VC uh, somebody read the, the research that I was writing and reached out and said, you think to have your finger on the pulse, I'd like to raise you a fund. I said, great. So he said, okay, and you'll have the money in the bank in three months. So for three months, I got to go around and talk to other VCs um, and learn as much as I could. I'd done a, a lot of angel investing, but it's a huge difference between angel when it's just your own money and, and you're managing it for somebody, someone else. And, you know, among the different things, you know, the most common thing I learned was uh, or was told was it's all about management. Okay, as a VC, what do you do with that? Unless you think that you're better than everybody else, unless you think that your core competency is meeting people and going, those guys, those are you know, those are winners. They know how to build a company. Um, and I don't have any reason to believe that I'm any better or worse 
than the average person in meeting the team and going, yeah, these guys are, are, are it. Um, uh, what what I, I have done with that, though, is is we work with a company called Angel, A-I-N-G-E-L dot A-I. Uh, and they're the leaders in um, uh, algorithms to understand, actually, how good teams are. Startup teams. They're the, you know, they have the best algorithms to rate startup teams. So uh, they've been doing it in startups for a couple of years and are, you know, and are now doing crypto. So using tools like that, you know, the, the, yeah, I'm a huge believer in Moneyball. Um, you know, and that data is better than the, than the gut. And so, you know, we're, we try and get as much data as we can. Obviously, everything's so early. So for a lot of this stuff, there is no data. So, you know, you're going on the team, you're going on the idea. You know, we look for big ideas. The most common thing I do when I, I look at a, uh, a deck and I want to provide thoughtful feedback is I go to the outer year uh, financial projection uh, to the revenue line and I add a zero. Um, you know, I, I don't want to invest in a company that's going to have $20 million in revenues in five years. You know, I want to invest in a company that's going to have $200 million in revenue in five years. And by the way, 0.000% of companies meet their financial projections. So at least miss $200 million, don't miss $20 million. <laughs> I love it, man. You had a lot of stuff in there. So, you know, there's, and it just brings up a lot of questions that I got, you know, in good ways. So the angel.ai. So they look at a lot of different teams. They look at a lot of different projects. Which ones have come, you know, to mind that are like, wow, these guys are, are rock stars, you know, that the data says that about them. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll let you should go reach out to, to Angel and talk to them because, uh, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, uh, uh, everything we do is confidential. Gotcha. We're, uh, reach out to those guys. They're, you know, really brilliant guys in the Bay Area. Uh, and Neighbors. Um, you know, the, uh, they've had tremendous success on the general startup. So a lot of VCs in the, in the value are using them. So obviously what they do, I think is super, super valuable. Yeah, for sure. And then we were, we were talking, um, just a minute ago before this about, uh, this being kind of like the beginning of the beginning. So a lot of people, there's a lot of people that, you know, just love blockchain, but that's like the 1%. And then there's like 99% that still aren't really sure what it is. You know, what do we tell those people? What's what's your opinion on why blockchain is needed, why it's valuable, and why it's going to change the world? You know, I, I think it's a great question, and and you know, obviously this is this whole crypto thing, and and when I use the word crypto, I, I use it to be uh, uh, a series of new technologies, starting with blockchain, but cryptocurrency, smart contracts, zero knowledge proof. I think is going to be a foundational uh, uh, technology to get deployed in crypto, and and it's those technologies and combination that I think are really uh, uh, enabling kind of a, a new computing platform, which really means that there are just now new ways of doing things that we could never do them before. And so, you know, the only thing that I'm certain of is whatever it turns out to be uh, is something different than when anybody thinks it's going to be, right? In 94, nobody was talking about Google. Nobody was talking about AWS. Nobody was talking about Facebook. Um, so, you know, we don't know what's going to be. Um, you know, uh, other than the belief that it's going to be the biggest thing ever. So as a VC, you know, there's a power law of VCs. You make your money um, by getting the Googles and Facebooks and the way to get those is to make a lot of bets. Gotcha. Cool. Where do you think the first sector, or I guess the first wave of blockchain adoption is going to be? You know, again, a, a, another great question. And uh, again, I, I don't think anybody knows the answer to this. Um, 
from my own personal background, the, the analogy that I used to think about it is, yeah, I was, my first company was the top level domain .tv. Uh, started in January of 2000, I mentioned. We were actually the biggest streamers, according to Akamai, of video in, in 2001. Um, and, you know, but the, but, but the world wasn't ready for video. The pipes weren't fat enough. The infrastructure wasn't there for good experience on video um, yet. And so, you know, it, it seemed obvious to, to me that it was just a matter of time. And fast forward to 2005, it seemed to me the pipes were fat enough. I was running then a social network called Pull, the biggest social network in the world before MySpace. And we bought the largest video company, uh, Streamer, uh, online. We looked at buying the second biggest, but just decided to buy the biggest. They were both tiny. And fast forward three months later, somebody uploaded a video onto the second largest one. And that day was an Andy Samberg video called Lazy Sunday. And that day, that website became the fastest growing website in the history of the internet. Google bought them for a billion and a half dollars six months later. That was wow. And um, uh, fast forward you know, uh, uh, five years to 2010, I was invited back uh, uh, to YouTube for their five-year birthday party to tell the story of how I called them up because they said that was the first time they thought they were a real company uh, when I called them. And, uh, and so I hadn't seen the CEO, Chad Hurley, in five years. He thanked me for coming to San Francisco. And I couldn't help myself. And I said, Chad, you know, if they had uploaded Lazy Sunday on the show, we would have been YouTube. And he laughed and he said, of course you would have been. He said, but why would my brother have uploaded it to your site? <laughs> that is awesome. That story to me you know, has a couple great things to it. The first is... They obviously didn't know that, that, that this was going to be the biggest thing ever, right? So it's totally lightning in a bottle, this stuff, right? But it turns out that there are lots of things you can do to optimize your chances of lightning in a bottle happening to you. And to me, that's what, you know, entrepreneurialism is. And, you know, in my mind, with all of the brilliant people leaving, you know, Goldman Sachs, McKinsey, wherever, you know, wherever else they are, and coming into crypto and to solve these problems, I have no doubt that crypto's lazy Sunday moment is coming. Uh, whether it's today, tomorrow, or a year, that's the only thing I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you see like JP Morgan launch their coin, you know, just, uh, well, tell the world that they're coming. I think that was yesterday. So what do you think all these big financial institutions are going to do for the space? You think it's a good thing? You think it's a bad thing? What's, what's, your kind of, what's your thoughts on the JP Morgans of the world rushing in? Look, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think is, is immaterial. It's, it's, it's a thing. Hundred <laughs> percent of banks are going to be there, right? If if they don't disrupt themselves, somebody will disrupt them. So they'll either do it themselves, or or, or at some point they'll be out of business. And you know, you mentioned FAMGA a little earlier. FAMGA standing for Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, which over the last five years have captured more than sixty percent of all the value created in tech, which is crazy, right? And the amount of power that they have. Um, I think is vastly underappreciated by the vast majority of the world. And so, um, you know, if you think of, of all of this massive value that's going to uh, be created by crypto, you know, my question, the, the, the question is, is who's going to capture that value? Is it going to be uh, uh, FAMGA and JP Morgan and the people who are the entrenched massive competitors? Or is it going to be people like you and me and, you know, the other people listening to this, uh, you know, to the podcast? Right, and in my mind, uh, uh, do you know what Occam's razor is? I've heard of it. Occam's razor is a, a really great, great tool to use. Occam's razor is is the belief that the most likely thing to happen was probably happen. 
We spend a lot of our minds thinking of all these things that are tiny little probabilities. And so if you think about who's going to capture the, the, the value, I think Occam's razor would tell you it's FAMGAP, right? And, and what, what, what's the thing that you and I have and the rest of the industry has that FAMGAP doesn't to leverage? And, and in my view, coming back full circle, we think that the biggest tool that we have to compete with FAMGAP is community. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, that I've been saying for well over a year, maybe two years, is that uh, for crypto, you know, good or bad, for it to really take off, it's going to end up requiring something like a Facebook to actually enter the space. And then you've actually recently in the past, you know, month or so, actually seen them, you know, purchase companies. And we know that they're coming and with their like 2.7 billion you know, people on their platform, that could be, it could basically introduce people to crypto almost overnight. And so really good projects that are out there might start getting some more visibility. Or like you said, the 60% they control (laughs) might end up becoming 99%. Yeah, look, I mean, undoubtedly, again, I think this comes back to what's going to trigger it to go mainstream. Yeah. And my experience has been generally all the things that people talk about that are likely to happen, that are likely to make it go mainstream, they're never the thing that, that, that happens, that, that, that makes it go mainstream. Certainly, you know, if Facebook enters, um, you know, they can have a massive, massive impact. Um, you know, on, on the other hand, I, you know, it, it seems to me that the real value to this isn't just the ability to decentralize things, although, you know, I, I think that that's you know, incredibly valuable. Um, but it's the new ways that you can do things, right? That, that you could never do them before without these tools that's gonna cause the disruption uh, and, and the wealth creation. And, and I think that that innovation, I think is, is you know, most likely to come from some smaller company, you know, from the thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of smaller companies with brilliant people that are all trying to, to, to build cool things. I think it's most, much more likely to come out of that than out of Facebook or JP Morgan, but you know, you, you, you don't know. Right. No, I hear you. So as far as projects that are out there that you've seen, what's maybe like your favorite one right now? You know, I, I have so many, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that I really, really like. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Dow Stack earlier because I think that uh, uh, there's no viable uh, decentralized governance. Um, and, uh, and, and I think they're leading the way, and I think that's something that we need to solve for, for decentralization to really, uh, 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 you know, reach its potential. Um, and there are lots of projects here. Yeah, we were just talking earlier, I think, we, you know, before we started this about a, a, a project that I love called Bancor. Um, you know, I think, again, they're, they're using these technologies to totally rethink how liquidity happens in marketplaces, and that's uh, 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 in exchanges. And I think that that's, you know, a, just a massive, massive sea change. And it's projects like that that, you know, you know, and, and you know, maybe Bancor won't end up winning. But, you know, I think companies that, that have that kind of disruptive DNA, uh, you know, that's where VCs like me are going to put the most money. Gotcha. Yeah. AL, he's a, he's a brilliant guy, man. He's been doing a lot of stuff in the space for a long time. So yeah, Bancor is one of those projects that, uh, that I've always been excited about. So sure. very and, cool. And also, I, you know, uh, uh, I tend to get along well too with other people who uh, have the same view that we do. And I think yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, people love predictions and they love to hear what, you know, the experts think, you know, how do you, how long do you think the market's going to kind of stay the way it is before it goes up and 
where do you see the total market cap going? You know, I, I talk about um, where we're going to be in 20 years. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, that and, and I'm trying to spend, our, you know, we're trying to spend our time helping us get, get there as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I, I wrote a post uh, last month, you know, titled, Why Were All the uh, Predictions for Where Bitcoin, you know, the 2018 price predictions, they were all massively off, right? Nobody, n- none of all of the smart people thought that, you know, that the market was going to crater. Nobody predicted that it was going to crater like it did. Um, and, you know, it, it's my view that all of this, right, that this, you know, the massive run up we had and, and the massive crash we had, right, you know, if, if you know, I, I did a post last year called the crypto bubble isn't a bubble, it's a dot, 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 and I just had three slides that I think really tell the story of, of this. And one is the Amazon share price, 98 to 2000, up 60x. Then the next slide goes out two more years, which shows it up 60x and down 90, more than 95%. And is that a is that a bubble and a crash, right? You go add another you know, uh, 16 years, 17 years to today, and all of that up and down that seemed massive and incredibly meaningful in 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. That's not a bubble and a crash with context of time. It's this tiny little blip, right? And so you know our focus today on um, on market cap. You know I, I don't focus at all on market cap. I don't care where Bitcoin is today, tomorrow, next week. You know, if you're investing day to day, you should care about that. If you're a longer term investor and really believe in this, you should invest in a diversified portfolio that gets rebalanced over time. That's portfolio science. So, you know, I think this, you know, in 20 years, this is going to be, you know, uh, uh, tens of trillions of dollars in value will have been created by crypto. Um, you know, and the great thing is, uh, uh, as an expert, nobody's going to be able to tell me I'm wrong for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep kicking the can down the road, right? <laughs> hey, it wasn't this year. Maybe it'll be next year. I said 20. Give me some, give me some time, right? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, most people don't have that attention span that I've, that I've met in the space. Well, maybe the people that are in there now, but the people that I'd met over the past, you know, four or five years or something like that, they uh, definitely didn't have the attention span. And especially when the, we had the huge rise up last year, everybody was expecting to get rich overnight. And then, um, you know, I know you call it a blip, but to a lot of people here, they, they call it a crash because it's still so new. You know, they saw it, you know, rise up to 800 billion and then drop down to 100 billion. So to them, you know, it's, you know, it, it's pretty horrible, right? So uh, what do you think caused that? Everybody has their own opinion. But. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, there's something I repeat often called uh, Amare's Law. And Amare was a professor at Stanford in the 70s. And Amari's law is the fact that the impact of all great technology is overestimated in the short run and underestimated in the long run. And that's part of why we have bubbles, because we see this new technology go, oh, my God, this is going to be huge tomorrow. Right. And then when tomorrow comes and it's not huge, we go, oh, you know, actually, I I guess this wasn't even a thing. So we get way too excited. We get way too depressed. Uh, You know, we were joking about this before. You know, the word that I used to describe that is capitalism. Right. That's. You know, that's what it is. And, and the government tries to tamp it down, the excesses. Turns out they're not very good at it. Um, what? The government not good at good at finances? <laughs> What's that $22 trillion we're talking about here? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, and that's why investing, you know, as a science, you know, tell you just invest on a regular basis. You don't take it all and go all in on day one. You might get the timing off, but if you go in over time, and you're always rebalancing 
and it becomes a thing, it doesn't really matter when you got in. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I recognize that it's, you know, that it's hard. Uh, you know, crypto winner is hard for everybody. Crypto winner is hard for crypto oracle. Um, if you're in the industry, you're, this is a tough time for everybody. But, um, you know, if you've been around, if you're an entrepreneur, this is what being an entrepreneur is. It's, it's, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's about figuring out how to make it during the inevitable winters. That's it. Cut the fat, suck it up, and push forward, right? Nothing else other than that. You know, the, the, you can complain, but nobody really gives a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> well said, man. So what are, what are your goals in the space? You know, like hey, maybe uh, one year, five year, 10 year, where do you see yourself in, in crypto? I mean, I, you've done a ton already, but what do you still plan on doing? You know, I, I, I you know, one of the legacies personally that I'd like to have in the industry is, uh, you know, the, the, the project that I'm working on that I'm most excited about is a decentralized platform for community building and engagement. Um, and I think that that's, you know, right now every project, uh, you know, starts and you know they're going along, and at some point they go, oh, community is a thing. We should, you know, hire somebody to run community. So they hire an eight-year-old. No offense, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, a, a lot of the community managers, you know, they're you know very very young, and and this is kind of the first thing that they're doing, and everybody has to start somewhere. But you know, and then they start to think about community and building it kind of out of whole cloth. Right. They don't, you know, and so what we want to do is build a tool set. So, you know, you can not only build your community as, as quickly as possible, what's far more important is engaging the community, right? It doesn't matter how big your community is if nobody's engaged. So how do you engage? How do you incentivize the community? You know, what at, at Bolt, um, when we were running Bolt, uh, we peaked at about 23 million kids a, a month and we could get 3 million kids to do anything for a badge. And it was free for us to give the badge. It would say that they had done a certain thing and it would scroll around in their profile and confer status. And for people in a community, if they really care about community, status in that community is, is really important. And so, you know, we're also huge on non-cash-like incentives for community. We think that those are going to be the much more powerful incentive uh, 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 to give people. Uh, because, you know, in fact, you can't pay people a meaningful amount of money for most actions, you know, people say, oh, you know, you should sell your data. Great. You should sell your data. The data is yours. You should have the right to sell it. But, you know, Facebook, who's pretty good at selling data, on average makes about $20 off a person. So, you know, I don't see people dramatically changing their activities to get an extra 20 bucks a year. Um, but, you know, so I think by focusing on non-cash incentives, you'll be able to uh, uh, much better incentivize communities. Uh, that, uh, that you can with most cash like Gotcha. So you, you just, you plan on building the decentralized community as much as you can over the next one, five, 10 years, something like that, huh? Exactly. Well, uh, build the tools and, and help build the platform so that others can build tools on the platform uh, to engage, you know, to build and, and engage and incentivize communities. I think that's yeah. how we're going to be able to beat FAMGO. No, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be. Everything that I've seen out there so far, just, you know, it's just not very good. I mean, you look at Steam it, you know, you look at DTube, you look at all these different things. Yeah, nothing, nothing really works right. It all has, you know, a lot of errors. I understand that it's, you know, beta and they got to work on it, but it's just not changing rapidly enough and nobody's really using it. And there's nothing cool about it to get people over onto it to use it. So if you can figure out how to do that in a decentralized manner, you know, and it's better than Facebook, people will be over there in a heartbeat, right? You just got to make it better. Yeah, and again, this is not, 
to be a place where everybody goes. This is to be a place where there are tools and people can go and build their own community. People right. also, you know, how do you open up your community to other people? So, you know, Crypto Monday, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we have over 13,000 people in the Crypto Monday community, right? So, and we want to make that community available to others in the community. How do we do that in a way, you know, that honors the privacy, but lets, you know, other people leverage, you know, the, the communities that, that we've built. Um, and, you know, we're very early days in all of this. You know, I often say that, uh, 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 you know, like, you know, we're, we're huge believers in security tokens. Um, you know, and it seems to me, you know, we're now finally starting to get the first security tokens offering. Um, but, you know, they're not really leveraging these technologies we have to rethink about what, uh, you know, what securities can be. You know, so to me, it, it reminds me of uh, the early days of television. When, you know, you know what the first TV shows were that were broadcast? They were black and white, and they uh, didn't even have uh, audio, right? I mean, they didn't have, you know, words, right? Weren't they just... Uh, no, 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 they had words. Not, not the chaplains, but... But but the first TV shows were literally guys at a desk with a microphone going, hey, now we're on television, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's how you start, and then you start to leverage what the, what the medium can really do, again, once the tools are there and such. And so, you know, we're, I feel like, you know, in crypto, we're at those early days of television where... You know, he, you know, even the projects, you know, the, the, the side projects are coming out, or just, you know, largely just radio on television. No, you're right. You know, that's one of the things that I see all the time in the space is people are trying to take, you know, something that's, you know, works fine on, you know, in the centralized world, and they try to do the exact same thing on the decentralized world, and it doesn't offer any value or anything like that. They're just not, they haven't figured it out yet. It's got to be cooler. It's got to be better. It's got to, it's got to bring people over from the centralized space to the decentralized space because it offers real value and it's, it's something different. So like you said, they just took radio and they put it on TV. Well, Mark Cuban kind of did that too, right? He, he put radio on the internet, but uh, <laughs> a little different. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he's on this thing called TV, <laughs> doing that VC thing, right? So, yeah, very cool stuff, man. Well, it's been an honor to talk with you, man, and hear your thoughts on different things. I look forward to you know meeting you in person, you know, there in LA. So, uh, I guess two months. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be all over the place down there, so I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. And unless there's anything else, man, I'll, I'll let you get on with your day. I know you're I know you're super busy there in New York. It's Friday too, so. Look forward to meeting Monday. Maybe we can uh, work together. We're going to do a Crypto Monday, a uh, special Crypto Monday around that event. Well, hey, that'd be fun. Love to do it. So right on. Well, God bless and take care. Have a great weekend. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Big thanks to Lou, man. I really appreciate what you do, what you bring to the space. And I look forward to hanging out with you in LA, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. So for people that want to win the 100 bucks of Ethereum, it's really, really simple. All you do is you just leave all the private keys to all your accounts right in the comments below, your social security number, telephone number, address, uh, maybe a birth certificate, that'd be great. And the rest just takes care of itself. Kidding, that is a horrible idea. Don't ever do that, don't ever do that. It's just a sick joke, I'm sorry. Every once in a while I just feel like being sadistically funny and it probably wasn't funny, especially with all the crazy stuff that happens on exchanges, right? Because everybody should know by now, if it's not your key, it's not your crypto, right? So. All you do to win on this is you put your public Ethereum address in the comments below. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share, all that kind of cool stuff. And every single Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we go live right here on the channel. We pick all the video winners for the entire week. We talk about, you know, some of the stuff that no, we did during the week. We talk about projects you guys want us to cover, all that kind of cool stuff. AMA, we give away some Monarch swag. It's a lot of fun. It's always great to hang out with the crypto family. 
But again, I was totally kidding about the private key stuff. That is a bad idea in case you haven't, you know, watched the news. Lots of people are losing their cryptos and stuff like that because of things like that or leaving their cryptos on exchanges. So make sure you guys always, you know, keep your crypto safe. Never, ever, 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 ever share any of your private information with anybody for any reason. Because like Andreas Antonopoulos always says, if it's not your keys, it's not your crypto, right? So love you. God bless you. I'll catch you on the next one. Have a great one. What is up, crypto family? Thanks a bunch for dropping by. This is the disclaimer. I am just a stupid YouTuber. I am not a financial advisor or a financial planner. These are just my opinions and the opinions of the guests. Nothing here can be considered factual. This is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Always seek professional financial advice before you ever invest in anything. And know that crypto is extremely dangerous, extremely volatile, and you can lose every single Satoshi you ever put in the market. Market. So, knowing that, have fun. God bless. Thanks so much for dropping by. Let me know what you thought on the other side.